Hello there, we are your hosts Vivek and Pavitra from the Agile Coach Podcast. In this podcast, we bring fresh perspective to you through our interviews with thought leaders in Agile Coaching, Facilitation, Business Analysis, and Product Management roles. Enjoy! Hello everyone, welcome to today's episode. Uh, I am running solo today on today's episode and just want to talk to you guys about a few things. This is going to be specially help for those of you that are scrum masters, maybe you're going into your first role, or you've been a scrum master for some time and maybe just need to feel the pulses of your team to really see where they're at, what are the gaps. So on today's episode, I just want to have a conversation around just the five stages of teams in the stages that they go through. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Talkman model. He talks about every team's go through every team they really go through different stages um, before they really become a high performing team and you know this stage when I think about these these actually many people go through them even in relationship uh, and teams and just not just like agile teams but teams in general so yeah let's talk through on each of these stages and then maybe even why is it important for teams to actually go through these stages Um, and maybe we'll kind of end it with how as a scrum master or agile team facilitator or agile practitioner how do you help teams uh, go through these stages to ultimately get to that performing um, high performing teams so in the model, the first thing uh, Talkman talks about is a forming stage, uh, which is when really the teams are getting together, they're coming together for the very first time. Um, it can even be considered kind of like an orientation when everyone is kind of getting to know each other and they're becoming acquainted. Um, I kind of think of this stage even in relationship um, when you meet your partner for the very first time and it's um, or even first day of school or first day at a new job. There's a lot of excitement in the air and everybody is really to roll up their sleeves and get started on the product or you're in the relationship and you're really excited to meet the other person and get to know them, go on a few dates. And in this phase, really in teams, teams and group dynamics um, and maybe roles haven't even been established, right? Like if you look at your developers, um, they are maybe new, they don't really know each other. Uh, their roles and responsibility even haven't even been established quite yet. So a team leader will typically emerge and kind of try to take charge and direct the individual team members. And this is a stage where if a scrum master or a practitioner or a team leader can really show up and discuss certain things, you can really set the team up for success. And I'm talking about like team goals, talking about get get really together with the team and talk about what, what what's important for us as a team. How do we want to show up with, with each other, right? So this can be team goals, individual roles, uh, more think of this as like a team charter or working agreement even. 
um, Lohradis can be established in there and you can really help the team uh, kick off. Now let's talk about the second stage. Second is storming, stage two of the five, and it's considered the most critical and also the most difficult stage to go through. Um, it can be riddled um, with conflicts such as individual personalities and working style really clash within the team. Uh, it's also common for team performance to dip a bit in the storming stage as members can sometimes disagree on a goal or strategy or responsibilities and roles. So it's really important to keep an eye out for subgroups or cliques that can begin to form during this stage. Uh, I kind of think of um, in a relationship, the storming phase, let's just say, you know, you found your partner, the first stage, everything was going well, because you're really portraying maybe only, you're still getting to know each other, right? Like, so you just know good sides about each other. And then storming phase, I kind of think about as maybe you learn um, more things and your certain pet peeves um, start to show up and there's uh, maybe you start to travel a little bit together or you're spending a little bit more time and uh, maybe even sharing a space and uh, I kind of think about um, your partner maybe they live uh, leave their shoes or socks everywhere um, and that just tends to like bother you and you are kind of colliding with each other instead of maybe learning how to talk about the differences or accepting each other's differences. It, it can um, almost be um, an obstacle or a bottleneck and just like you're just kind of getting mad at each other and conflicts are happening more often. So that's kind of how I relate this stage uh, in terms of like if you really think about in a um, in a relationship, but even in teams, right? Like one person has one way of working, another person thinks um, the way they are going to code this is very different, and maybe they're not able to help the other person understand. So in order for really not to get bottlenecked in a storming stage. The team members have to work together and play to each other's strengths to overcome the obstacle and really stay in pace. A lot of times, like I mentioned earlier, um, if you measure some sort of metric, maybe a velocity or whatever, you'll definitely see some dip um, or they might not be able to perform the same way or deliver the same amount of work as they maybe were on the, the first stage, forming stage, usually on a forming stage, even the teams are getting together for the very first time, they can still produce work because they're, again, showing their good side to, to each other. And maybe they're in a forming stage, they haven't quite learned to say, oh, no, I disagree with the way you're working, right? They'll maybe just to be on the good side, they'll still say, oh, yeah, yeah. And um, they'll go through that, but once they get to really know each other, then they might question the other person's way of working and the other person might not take that well. And that's when the conflict can come um, between them. So um, for a scrum master, I believe this is um, a stage where it's very, very crucial for you to um, 
assess and really put that um, observation hat and and really like see what are the teams saying? What are they not saying? How are they talking to each other? Uh, you have to take time to address and overcome conflicts early on. But really, this is a phase also for a scrum master to help the team kind of uh, work with each other to deliver something um, and really maybe do some team building activities, help them understand, hey, it's okay that we have different style of working or different strategy and how we want to accomplish thing, uh, things in that it's okay to have differences. But how end of the day, like really helping them understand end of the day, whatever work that we're doing, we're doing like the end goal is same right like we're a team and so really helping them understand what is it what does it take to be a team and what does it actually mean to be a team um because a lot of times like you know a lot of developers or even teams when they first come together they are so used to working individually or that silo contribution and many teams don't know what it's like to be a team. So this is a crucial point where maybe you might do some energizers, maybe even like do a quick um, get together, happy hour, whatever, or like just on a Friday hangout after the day's over or Thursday um, and just really create a space for a team where they can start to like become friends and they can say, well, you know, I don't like this and this, but you know, because you're a human being and you have different perspective, I like you, I'm going to, I'm working with you on a daily basis. So I'm going to overlook the way maybe you show up. And maybe there's like a, a middle ground that we can meet. And uh, maybe we can start to like look at each other's strengths versus the weaknesses or things that we don't like about each other. So you really, you really have to um, stay with the, with the teams on this because if they don't work through some of this stuff, um, then this stage can linger for a very long time, and teams just are not gonna rely on each other, and they're gonna collide more often with each other. Right? You can kind of think of um, even in a relationship if you don't learn to communicate with each other in this phase, either like people make out of it or they break off and like go their separate ways. And so obviously in teams, you know, people are gonna leave, but I mean, there's no breakups like you're working for a company so people are not going to be like I'm not going to work with you and leave <laughs> unless there's like a huge um, conflicts by uh, scrum masters you do have to really scrum masters or agile practitioner I want to address both not just scrum masters you really do have to stay with them and help them overcome some of these conflicts or as early as you can um, throughout this phase now, um, I've also seen that some teams do skip this stage, but it's important to really dive into it with an expectation that they might come into a conflict, right? Like, in a perfect scenario where you have all team members really like each other, they like, I mean, they show up, like they are motivated, they show up, um, maybe they had that, have already had that personality uh, where they know that there's going to be differences with each other and they come into teams knowing that 
then this stage, maybe sometimes I've seen it being skipped, but it doesn't mean that as a, as an agile practitioner, you shouldn't talk about this. You should totally talk about it with the team that, Hey, you know, as you guys are working together as a team, I do want us to know that there are going to be some conflicts that are going to arise. There are going to be times where we might not agree with each other on how we show up and how we work together. And so maybe even in a working agreement, talk about, like, talk about that, like bring that up and say, hey, if we do have a conflict, how do we want to show up? What do you want me to do if I if I have a conflict with you? How do you want me to bring it up? Or if I have a disagreement with with you, how would you like me to show up? It's all about the communication and talking about it. And so if that's already in the working agreement and the teams are having conflict, then as an agile practitioner, it's really easy for you to say, hey, guys, you know, think about what you said in the working agreement on how you want to be with each other. Are we really adhering to that? Do we need to talk about it? So again, very important stage. And uh, you definitely want to pay attention to this when you go into the team. So the next stage is really the storming. Once you storm, <laughs> uh, go through the storm, peep teams um, move into norming stage. Um, here, the teams, team members have really figured out how to work together. And there is no more conflict or internal competition lingering. Um, again, it doesn't mean that like, there it's not going to come up, but they know how to work with each other on it, right? And so unity is up in everyone. And there's a consensus, consensus develop around who the leaders are, what everyone's roles is and what comes next. Um, there's also a sense of bonding between the teams and um, they are more familiar with each other's personalities and sense of humor. Uh, there should also be a sense of comfort in the norming stage when maybe giving constructive feedback through maybe online forms or even through retrospective or asking for help um, as the developers work through various tasks, not being afraid to go up to the person and say, hey, would you sit with me and just kind of run some of these things with me or I've also seen you know in a very early stage the developer might not know how to do something but they just spend enormous amount of time trying to figure out how to do it versus um, versus just going up to another developer and you know maybe even getting on a quick phone call or video chat with them and going through that um, because they don't want to be seen as like oh you I you don't know how to do this, or maybe like they're afraid of uh, judgment, or um, the other person might complain. Um, it's okay, like none of us know how to do everything, right? And so coding is hard. <laughs> and, and so teams should just like, f they should feel the safe, they should feel safe is what I'm trying to say, they should feel safe to be able to come to another developer and say, hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you walk me through it? Or can you, you know, put some mindset or give me some perspective? So that's the third stage of the five stages. Um, let's talk about performing. Uh, performing is really the next um, stage on which tends to 
So let's talk about performing. Uh, performing tends to be where there's more cohesive work environment. People are happy and excited. And team performance is an all-time high. There's a clear and stable structure in place throughout the group. And everyone is fully committed to achieving the goals they have in place. Um, in the performing stage, there's a sense of focus, purpose, alignment, Uh, from everyone in the team, no matter what their role is. Um, Also remember that no matter what, (laughs) problems and conflicts can still merge, emerge. Problems and conflicts can still emerge, but they're handled and dealt in a constructive and honest manner. And because there is that bond and relationship built already among the team members, it's easier and faster to get resolution if a conflict were to arrive versus when we're on that second stage when we haven't talked about how we're going to handle it. Um, so performing is a really good place to be at. Uh, every uh, scrum master or agile practitioner's goal should be to obviously get to that stage. Um, but it takes a while. You have to have a lot of patience to get to this stage. Uh, and it takes a lot. And a lot of times teams don't stay all the way into when they're getting to that performing or adjuring uh, state uh, because people come and go. And if a new team member comes in, we're back to kind of forming one, forming stage. Um, and so it's, uh, it's definitely a journey and, but I've, um, helped teams get to that performing stage. It's amazing place to be in. It feels great. Uh, and every agile practitioner should be thinking and evaluating and assessing and identifying gaps on where are they, what stages my team's in and what do they really need from me at this stage. Now, um, let's talk about adjuring, which I haven't gotten to that phase always. Like I've been in performing and adjuring is really, um, I feel like when the product is over and the teams are no longer working together, you don't see this a lot, maybe sometimes, but sometimes it's also called like a termination or mooring or uh, mourning, mourning or um, ending stage. Um but it's basically when the team has been together all the way through and they're done with the product, they're done with the goal that they have set for themselves and um, the project as a whole is being wrapped up and everything is kind of being documented and the, the as, as that it's kind of happening, the workload becomes some smaller. Um, sometimes uh, team members are taken off some of the products and they're put into new products. And, um, you know, maybe they'll go through a little debrief and discuss on how everything went and what could be improved for the future projects. So depending on how long or how big the product is and how much of a bond the team have form there is sometimes um you know a ceremonial celebration of the work that was accomplished and overall success of the project as well and any feedback the team members have for the leadership and maybe you as a agile practitioner um all of that happens in the adjuring stage now um those are really my 
perspective and my um, what I've seen as a coach and as a as a scrum master uh, on how teams go through these different stages. Now, maybe let's talk a little bit about why is it important for teams to go through these stages or have them go through these stages? Um, because like I've seen if a scrum master or agile practitioner really comes and you know, talks about these stages. Hey, like, you know, right now, here's what's happening in your team. Here's what's happening with you guys. Here's where you're at. Um, And here's how we can get to a performing stage. If that conversation is happening and if you're teaching, um, then, you know, no one is really afraid to ask questions, bring up concerns or pose a new way of doing and going about certain tasks everyone can really bring their whole self to the team play on their strength right and really step up when you know really step up and help one another when it's needed Um, being able to do this and go through the stages and understanding what is happening with them as a team will increase productivity bottlenecks are solved fast and with purpose because we are talking about it this is why we're uh what's happening with you right guys right now so let's talk about this right and if any other bottlenecks are uh, met the team is able to work together to come up with the necessary solution and get right back in track and so that that's why i just wanted to have this you know just this um session today um, so that you as a as an agile practitioner, whether you're a product owner, or whether you're a scrum master, I feel like you can show up as an agile practitioner to really help teams understand what's happening in the team environment right now. And I would even urge you to assess like it, the teams that you're leading right now, where do you feel like they're at and what's missing what is not in place in order for them to get to that next stage? I urge you to evaluate and come up with those gaps, identify those gaps, and even do a quick teaching with your team on the five stages and even have the team assess where do they feel like they're at right now and how can they get to that performing stage? How can they be okay with the differences? How can they be okay with you know, different personalities, different sense of humor, and still come together end of the day to work on a common goal, because that's what they're doing end of the day is working on a common goal as a as a team. So those are just some of my thoughts. I guess last thing to just kind of talk about you know, how do you help your team really advance? Apart from some of the things I talked about, um, you can set, um, it's not easy, like I said, you know, it's not easy to get to that performing stage. It's a process. It might take six months, a year, two years, even depending on the dynamics of the organization, the culture, the leadership, a lot of different things are going to play. But you can set a clear purpose and mission during the forming stage and consistently revisit during the other stages so no one really ever loses sight on the goal that you're working towards. That's how you help the teams. Similarly, um, establishing ground rules and making sure that they're kind of, they're followed, right? Like if the 
if the rules, when I say rules, just like the working agreement, have the team come up with it. When people come up with ideas that's going to help them get to somewhere, they're more likely to follow because it's their rules. And just maybe even uh, as you're doing or facilitating other agile events, um, create that safety and remind teams consistently that we want to always remember to listen to one another and no question is stupid, no idea is too silly to bring up and no one is too senior to ask for help. It doesn't matter how long you've been a developer. Hey, we want to create that safety for you if you need help on something. And at the end of the day, we're all working towards a common goal and to get there, you need a foundation built on listening to what others on the team have to say. And other things that you can do and choose would be even allowing or creating that safety by end of um, different retrospectives or different meetings where people can give feedback to each other, maybe having this pre-written, um, like maybe having this on a working agreement or whatever, it gives, it promotes like that healthy feedback to each other as a team. And it also really makes um, makes it easier for teams to collaborate on strategies moving forward, really creating that environment where, where the teams can share ideas and say, hey, there, here's how we can improve. Or even as an agile practitioner, like focusing on ideas collaboratively as a team. Hey, like, you know, we're going through this. What, what do you guys want to do? What makes sense? What would you do? How would you solve this? So instead of like you thinking, you thinking you have to have all the answers and give it to them, um, empower them to come up with their own answers and do it as a, as a team, facilitate those conversations. Um, that way, the team feels like they're being heard and they feel like they can come and um, share their ideas and feedback and, and uh, also like really creating a space for where they can give feedback to each other. Maybe that can even be outlined on some agendas. So that way, um, is built in to the time and it really um, teams don't really for, forget that so um, I, that's all I really have for you um, I hope uh, this provides some insight into you know where your teams are at right now and maybe even like I mentioned earlier come up with ways where um, you can see how you can help them get to that uh, next stage um, and talk about this. <laughs> if you're not talking about it with the team and if they don't know where they're at and if they don't know where they're going, how would they get there, right? So really think about that. With that, I hope this is super helpful for you. Stay tuned until next episode. Hope you have a great day or evening. All right, that's a wrap with this episode. Thank you for listening till the end. We hope these podcasts are providing value on your Agile journey. If you haven't visited our website, theagilecoach.com, we highly suggest you for other courses and supporting material on your journey. You can also get access to our self-paced courses or learn more about the live training that we provide to become a Scrum Master, Product Owner, Product Manager. With that, we will see you on the next episode. Love and best wishes from the Agile Coach.